Chapter Fourteen of the Crock of Gold by James Stevens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Book Five: The Policemen. Chapter Fourteen. Some distance down the road, the policemen halted. The night had fallen before they effected their capture, and now, in the gathering darkness, they were not at ease. In the first place, they knew that the occupation upon which they were employed was not a creditable one to a man, whatever it might be to a policeman. The seizure of a criminal may be justified by certain arguments as to the health of society and the preservation of property, but no person wishes under any circumstances to hail a wise man to prison. They were further distressed by the knowledge that they were in the very centre of a populous fairy country, and that on every side the elemental hosts might be ranging, ready to fall upon them with the terrors of war or the still more awful scourge of their humour. The path leading to their station was a long one, winding through great alleys of trees, which in some places overhung the road so thickly that even the full moon could not search out that deep blackness in the daylight these men would have arrested an archangel and if necessary bludgeoned him but in the night-time a thousand fears afflicted and a multitude of sounds shocked them from every quarter two men were holding the philosopher one on either side the other two walked one before and one behind him in this order they were proceeding when just in front through the dim light they saw the road swallowed up by one of these groves already spoken of when they came nigh they halted irresolutely the man who was in front a silent and perturbed sergeant turned fiercely to the others come on can't you said he what the devil are you waiting for and he strode forward into the black gape keep a good hold of that man said the one behind don't be talking out of you replied he on the right haven't we got a good grip of him and isn't he an old man into the bargain well keep a good tight grip of him anyhow for if he gave you the slip in there he'd vanish like a weasel in a bush them old fellows do be slippery customers look here mister said he to the philosopher if you try to run away from us i'll give you a clout on the head with my baton do you mind me now they had taken only a few paces forward when the sound of hasty footsteps brought them again to a halt and in a moment the sergeant came striding back he was angry are you going to stay there the whole night or what are you going to do at all said he let you be quiet now said another we were only settling with the man here the way he wouldn't try to give us the slip in a dark place is it thinking of giving us the slip he is said the sergeant take your baton in your hand sean and if he turns his head to one side of him hit him on that side i'll do that said sean and he pulled out his truncheon the philosopher had been dazed by the suddenness of these occurrences and the enforced rapidity of his movements prevented him from either thinking or speaking but during this brief stoppage his scattered wits began to return to their allegiance first bewilderment at his enforcement had seized him and the four men who were continually running around him and speaking all at once and each pulling him in a different direction gave him the impression that he was surrounded by a great rabble of people but he could not discover what they wanted 
after a time he found that there were only four men and gathered from their remarks that he was being arrested for murder this precipitated him into another and a deeper gulf of bewilderment he was unable to conceive why they should arrest him for murder when he had not committed any and following this he became indignant i will not go another step said he unless you tell me where you are bringing me and what i am accused of tell me said the sergeant what did you kill them with for it's a miracle how they came to their ends without as much as a mark on their skins or a broken tooth itself what are you talking about the philosopher demanded it's mighty innocent you are he replied who would i be talking about but the man and woman that used to be living with you beyond in the little house is it poison you gave them now or what was it take a hold of your notebook sean can't you have sense man said sean how would i be writing in the middle of a dark place and me without as much as a pencil let alone a book well we'll take it down at the station and himself can tell us all about it as we go along move on now for this is no place to be conversing in they paced on again and in another moment they were swallowed up by the darkness when they had proceeded for a little distance there came a peculiar sound in front like the breathing of some enormous animal and also a kind of shuffling noise and so they again halted that's a queer kind of thing in front of us said one of the men in a low voice if i had a match itself said another the sergeant had also halted draw well into the side of the road said he and poke your batons in front of you keep a tight hold of that man sean i'll do that said sean just then one of them found a few matches in his pocket and he struck a light there was no wind so that it blazed easily enough and they all peered in front a big black cart horse was lying in the middle of the road having a gentle sleep and when the light shone it scrambled to its feet and went thundering away in a panic ah isn't that enough to put the heart crossways in you said one of the men with a great sigh ay said another if you stepped on that beast in the darkness you wouldn't know what to be thinking i don't quite remember the way about here said the sergeant after a while but i think we should take the first turn to the right i wonder have we passed the turn yet these criss-cross kinds of roads are the devil and it dark as well do any of you men know the way i don't said one voice i'm a cavan man myself roscommon said another is my country and i wish i was there now so i do well if we walk straight on we're bound to get somewhere so step it out have you got a good hold of that man sean i have so said sean the philosopher's voice came pealing through the darkness there is no need to pinch me sir said he i am not pinching you at all said the man you are so returned the philosopher you have a big lump of skin doubled up in the sleeve of my coat and unless you instantly release it i will sit down in the road is that any better said the man relaxing his hold a little you have only let out half of it replied the philosopher that's better now he continued and they resumed their journey after a few minutes of silence the philosopher began to speak i do not see any necessity in nature for policemen said he nor do i understand how the custom first originated 
dogs and cats do not employ these extraordinary mercenaries and yet their polity is progressive and orderly crows are a gregarious race with settled habitations and an organized commonwealth they usually congregate in a ruined tower or on the top of a church and their civilization is based on mutual aid and tolerance for each other's idiosyncrasies their exceeding mobility and hardiness renders them dangerous to attack and thus they are free to devote themselves to the development of their domestic laws and customs if policemen were necessary to a civilization crows would certainly have evolved them but i triumphantly insist that they have not got any policemen in their republic i don't understand a word you are saying said the sergeant it doesn't matter said the philosopher ants and bees also live in specialized communities and have an extreme complexity both of function and occupation their experience in governmental matters is enormous and yet they have never discovered that a police force is at all essential to their well-being do you know said the sergeant that whatever you say now will be used in evidence against you later on i do not said the philosopher it may be said that these races are free from crime that such vices as they have are organized and communal instead of individual and anarchistic and that consequently there is no necessity for police craft but i cannot believe that these large aggregations of people could have attained their present high culture without an interval of both national and individual dishonesty tell me now as you are talking said the sergeant did you buy the poison at the chemist's shop or did you smother the pair of them with a pillow i did not said the philosopher if crime is a condition precedent to the evolution of policemen then i will submit that jackdaws are a very thievish clan they are somewhat larger than a blackbird and will steal wool off a sheep's back to line their nests with they have furthermore been known to abstract one shilling in copper and secret this booty so ingeniously that it has never since been recovered i had a jackdaw myself said one of the men i got it from a woman that came to the door with a basket for fourpence my mother stood on its back one day and she getting out of bed i split its tongue with the threepenny bit the way it would talk but devil the word it ever said for me it used to hop around letting on it had a lame leg and then it would steal your socks shut up roared the sergeant if said the philosopher these people steal both from sheep and from men if their peculations range from wool to money i do not see how they can avoid stealing from each other and consequently if anywhere it is amongst jackdaws one should look for the growth of a police force but there is no such force in existence the real reason is that they are a witty and thoughtful race who look temperately on what is known as crime and evil one eats one steals it is all in the order of things and therefore not to be quarrelled with there is no other view possible to a philosophical people what the devil is he talking about said the sergeant monkeys are gregarious and thievish and semi-human they inhabit the equatorial latitudes and eat nuts do you know what he's saying jean i do not said jean they ought to have evolved professional thief-takers but it is common knowledge that they have not done so 
fishes squirrels rats beavers and bison have also abstained from this singular growth therefore when i insist that i see no necessity for policemen and object to their presence i base that objection on logic and facts and not on any immediate petty prejudice john said the sergeant have you got a good grip on that man i have said john well if he talks any more hit him with your baton i will so said sean there's a speck of light down yonder and maybe it's a candle in a window we'll ask the way at that place in about three minutes they came to a small house which was overhung by trees if the light had not been visible they would undoubtedly have passed it in the darkness as they approached the door the sound of a female voice came to them scoldingly there's somebody up anyhow said the sergeant and he tapped at the door the scolding voice ceased instantly after a few seconds he tapped again then a voice was heard from just behind the door thomas said the voice go and bring up the two dogs with you before i take the door off the chain the door was then opened a few inches and a face peered out who would you be wanting at this hour of the night said the woman not much ma'am said the sergeant only a little direction about the road we are not sure whether we've gone too far or not far enough the woman noticed their uniforms is it policemen ye are there's no harm in your coming in i suppose and if a drink of milk is any good to you i have plenty of it <sighs> milk's better than nothing said the sergeant with a sigh i've a little sup of spirits said she but it wouldn't be enough to go around ah well said he looking sternly at his comrades everybody has to take their chance in this world and he stepped into the house followed by his men the woman gave him a little sup of whiskey from a bottle and to each of the other men she gave a cup of milk it'll wash the dust out of our gullets anyhow said one of them there were two chairs a bed and a table in the room the philosopher and his attendants sat on the bed the sergeant sat on the table the fourth man took a chair and the woman dropped wearily into the remaining chair from which she looked with pity at the prisoner what are you taking the poor man away for she asked he's a bad one ma'am said the sergeant he killed a man and a woman that were staying with him and he buried their corpses underneath the hearthstone of his house he's a real malefactor mind you is it hanging him you'll be god help us you never know and i wouldn't be a bit surprised if it came to that but you were in trouble yourself ma'am for we heard your voice lamenting about something as we came along the road i was indeed she replied for the person that has a son in her house has trouble in her heart do you tell me now what did he do on you and the sergeant bent a look of grave reprobation on the young lad who was standing against the wall between two dogs he's a good boy enough in some ways said she but he's too fond of beasts he'll go and lie in the kennel along with them two dogs for hours at a time petting them and making a lot of them but if i try to give him a kiss or to hug him for a couple of minutes when i do be tired after the work he'll wriggle like an eel till i let him out it would make a body hate him so it would sure there's no nature in him sir and i'm his mother 
"'You ought to be ashamed of yourself, you young whelp,' said the sergeant very severely. "'And then there's the horse,' she continued. "'Maybe you met it down the road a while ago.' "'We did, ma'am,' said the sergeant. "'Well, when he came in, Tomas went to tie him up, "'for he's a caution at getting out and wandering about the road, "'the way you'd break your neck over him if you weren't minding. "'After a while I told the boy to come in, but he didn't come, "'so I went out myself.' and there was himself and the horse with their arms round each other's necks looking as if they was moonstruck faith he's a queer lad said the sergeant what do you be making love to a horse for tomas it was all i could do to make him come in she continued and then i said to him sit down alongside of me here tomas and keep me company for a little while for i do be lonely in the night time but he wouldn't stay quiet at all one minute he'd say mother there's a moth flying around the candle and it'll be burnt and then there was a fly going into a spider's web in the corner and he'd have to save it and after that there's a daddy long legs hurting himself on the window pane and he'd have to let it out and when i try to kiss him he pushes me away my heart is tormented so it is for what have i in the world but him is his father dead ma'am said the sergeant kindly i'll tell the truth said she i don't know whether he is or not for a long time ago when we used to live in the city of blacklach he lost his work one time and he never came back to me again he was ashamed to come home i'm thinking the poor man because he had no money as if i would have minded whether he had any money or not sure he was very fond of me sir and we could have pulled along somehow after that i came back to my father's place here the rest of the children died on me and then my father died and i'm doing the best i can by myself it's only that i'm a little bit troubled with the boy now and again it's a hard case ma'am said the sergeant but maybe the boy is only a bit wild not having his father over him and maybe it's just that he's used to yourself for there isn't a child at all that doesn't love his mother let you behave yourself now tomas attend to your mother and leave the beasts and the insects alone like a decent boy for there's no insect in the world will ever like you as well as she does could you tell me ma'am if we have passed the first turn on this road or is it in front of us still for we are lost altogether in the darkness it's in front of you still she replied about ten minutes down the road you can't miss it for you'll see the sky where there is a gap in the trees and that gap is the turn you want thank you ma'am said the sergeant we'd better be moving on for there's a long tramp in front of us before we get to sleep this night he stood up and the men rose to follow him when suddenly the boy spoke in a whisper mother said he they are going to hang the man and he burst into tears oh hush hush said the woman sure the men can't help it she dropped quickly on her knees and opened her arms come over to your mother my darling the boy ran to her they're going to hang him he cried in a high thin voice and he plucked at her arms violently now then my young boy oh said the sergeant none of that violence the boy turned suddenly and flew at him with astonishing ferocity he hurled himself against the sergeant's legs and bit and kicked and struck at him so furiously sudden was his attack that the man went staggering back against the wall then he plucked at the boy and whirled him across the room 
in an instant the two dogs leaped at him snarling with rage one of these he kicked into a corner from which it rebounded again bristling and red-eyed the other dog was caught by the woman and after a few frantic seconds she gripped the first dog also to a horrible chorus of howls and snapping teeth the men hustled outside and slammed the door sean the sergeant bawled have you got a good grip of that man i have so said sean if he gets away i'll kick the belly out of your mind that now come along with you and no more of your slouching they marched down the road in a tingling silence dogs said the philosopher are a most intelligent race of people people my granny said the sergeant from the earliest ages their intelligence has been observed and recorded so that ancient literatures are bulky with references to their sagacity and fidelity will you shut your old jaw said the sergeant i will not said the philosopher elephants also are credited with an extreme intelligence and devotion to their masters and they will build a wall or nurse a baby with equal skill and happiness horses have received high recommendations in this respect but crocodiles hens beetles armadillos and fish do not evince any remarkable partiality for man i wish said the sergeant bitterly that all them beasts were stuffed down your throttle the way you'd have to hold your prate it doesn't matter said the philosopher i do not know why these animals should attach themselves to men with gentleness and love and yet be able to preserve intact their initial bloodthirstiness so that while they will allow their masters to misuse them in any way they will yet fight most willingly with each other and are never really happy saving in the conduct of some private and nonsensical battle of their own i do not believe that it is fear which tames these creatures into mildness but that the most savage animal has a capacity for love which has not been sufficiently noted and which if more intelligent attention had been directed upon it would have raised them to the status of intellectual animals as against intelligent ones and perhaps have opened to us a correspondence which could not have been other than beneficial keep your eyes out for that gap in the trees sean said the sergeant i'm doing that said sean the philosopher continued why cannot i exchange ideas with a cow i am amazed at the incompleteness of my growth when i and a fellow-creature stand dumbly before each other without one glimmer of comprehension locked and barred from all friendship and intercourse sean cried the sergeant don't interrupt said the philosopher you are always talking the lower animals as they are foolishly called have abilities at which we can only wonder the mind of an ant is one to which i would readily go to school birds have atmospheric and levitational information which millions of years will not render accessible to us who that has seen a spider weaving his labyrinth or a bee voyaging safely in the trackless air can refuse to credit that a vivid trained intelligence animates these small enigmas and the commonest earthworm is the heir to a culture before which i bow with the profoundest veneration sean said the sergeant say something for goodness sake to take the sound of that man's clack out of my ear i wouldn't know what to be talking about said sean for i never was much of a hand at conversation and barring my prayers i got no education i think myself that he was making a remark about a dog 
did you ever own a dog sergeant you're doing very well jean said the sergeant keep it up now i knew a man had a dog would count up to a hundred for you he won lots of money and bets about it and he'd have made a fortune only that i noticed one day he used to be winking at the dog and when he'd stop winking the dog would stop counting we made him turn his back after that and got the dog to count sixpence but he barked for more than five shillings he did so and he would have counted up to a pound maybe only that his master turned round and hit him a kick every person that ever paid him a bet said they wanted their money back but the man went away to america in the night and i expect he's doing well there for he took the dog with him it was a wire-haired terrier bitch and it was the devil for having pups it is astonishing said the philosopher on what slender compulsion people will go to america keep it up sean said the sergeant you're doing me a favor i will so said sean i had a cat one time and it used to have kittens every two months the philosopher's voice arose if there was any periodicity about these migrations one could understand them birds for example migrate from their homes in the late autumn and seek abroad the sustenance and warmth which the winter would withhold if they remained in their native lands the salmon also a dignified fish with a pink skin emigrates from the atlantic ocean and betakes himself inland to the streams and lakes where he recuperates for a season and is often surprised by net angle or spear cut in now sean said the sergeant anxiously sean began to gabble with amazing speed and in a mighty voice cats sometimes eat their kittens and sometimes they don't a cat that eats its kittens is a heartless brute i knew a cat used to eat its kittens it had four legs and a long tail and it used to get the head staggers every time it had eaten its kittens I killed it myself one day with a hammer, for I couldn't stand the smell it made. So I couldn't... Sean, said the sergeant, can't you talk about something else besides cats and dogs? Sure, I don't know what to talk about, said Sean. I'm sweating this minute trying to please you, so I am. If you'll tell me what to talk about, I'll do my endeavors. You're a fool, said the sergeant sorrowfully. You'll never make a constable. I'm thinking that I would sooner listen to the man himself than to you. Have you got a good hold of him now? I have so, said Sean. Well, step out and maybe we'll reach the barracks this night, unless this is a road that there isn't any end to at all. What was that? Did you hear a noise? I didn't hear a thing, said Sean. I thought said another man that i heard something moving in the hedge at the side of the road that's what i heard said the sergeant maybe it was a weasel i wish to the devil that we were out of this place where you can't see as much as your own nose now did you hear it sean i did so said sean there's someone in the hedge for a weasel would make a different kind of noise if it made any at all keep it together men said the sergeant and march on if there's anybody about they have no business with us he had scarcely spoken when there came a sudden pattering of feet and immediately the four men were surrounded and were being struck at on every side with sticks and hands and feet draw your batons the sergeant roared keep a good grip of that man sean i will so said sean stand round him you other men and hit anything that comes near you 
there was no sound of voices from the assailants only a rapid scuffle of feet the whistle of sticks as they swung through the air or slapped smartly against the body or clashed upon each other and the quick breathing of many people but from the four policemen there came noise and despair as they struck wildly on every side cursing the darkness and their opposers with fierce enthusiasm let out cried sean suddenly let out or i'll smash your nut for you there's someone pulling at the prisoner and i've dropped my baton the truncheons of the policemen had been so ferociously exercised that their antagonists departed as swiftly and as mysteriously as they came it was just two minutes of frantic aimless conflict and then the silent night was round them again without any sound but the slow creaking of branches the swish of leaves as they swung and poised and the quiet croon of the wind along the road come on men said the sergeant we'd better be getting out of this place as quick as we can are any of you hurted i've got one of the enemy said sean panting you got what said the sergeant i've got one of them and he's wriggling like an eel on a pan hold him tight said the sergeant excitedly i will so said sean it's a little one by the feel of it if one of you would hold the prisoner i'd get a better grip on this one aren't they dangerous villains now another man took hold of the philosopher's arm and sean got both hands on his captive keep quiet i'm telling you he said or i'll throttle you i will so faith it seems like a little boy by the feel of it a little boy said the sergeant yes he doesn't reach up to my waist it must be the young brat from the cottage that set the dogs on us the one that loves beasts now then boy what do you mean by this kind of thing you'll find yourself in jail for this my young bucko who was with you eh tell me that now and the sergeant bent forward hold up your head sonny and talk to the sergeant said sean oh he roared and suddenly he made a little rush forward i've got him he gasped he nearly got away it isn't a boy at all sergeant there's whiskers on it what do you say i put my hand under its chin and there's whiskers on it i nearly let him out with a surprise i did so try again said the sergeant in a low voice you're making a mistake i don't like touching them said sean it's a soft whisker like a billy goat's maybe you'd try yourself sergeant for i tell you i'm frightened of it hold him over here said the sergeant and keep a good grip of him i'll do that said sean and he hauled some reluctant object towards his superior the sergeant put out his hand and touched a head it's only a boy's size to be sure said he and then he slid his hand down the face and withdrew it quickly there are whiskers on it said he soberly what the devil can it be i never met whiskers so near the ground before maybe they are false ones and it's just the boy yonder trying to disguise himself he put out his hand again with an effort felt his way to the chin and tugged instantly there came a yell so loud so sudden that every man of them jumped in a panic they're real whiskers said the sergeant with a sigh i wish i knew what it is his voice is big enough for two men and that's a fact have you got another match on you i have two more in my waistcoat pocket said one of the men give me one of them said the sergeant i'll strike it myself he groped around until he found the hand with the match be sure and hold him tight sean the way we can have a good look at him 
for this is like to be a queer miracle of a thing i'm holding him by the two arms said sean he can't stir anything but his head and i've got my chest on that the sergeant struck the match shading it for a moment with his hand and then he turned it on their new prisoner they saw a little man dressed in tight green clothes he had a broad pale face with staring eyes and there was a thin fringe of grey whisker under the chin then the match went out it's a leprechaun said the sergeant the men were silent for a full couple of minutes at last sean spoke do you tell me so said he in a musing voice that is a queer miracle altogether i do said the sergeant doesn't it stand a reason that it can't be anything else you saw it yourself sean plumped down on his knees before his captive tell me where the money is he hissed tell me where the money is or i'll twist your neck off the other men also gathered eagerly around shouting threats and commands at the leprechaun hold your whist said sean fiercely to them he can't answer the lot of you can he and he turned again to the leprechaun and shook him until his teeth chattered if you don't tell me where the money is at once i'll kill you i will so i haven't got any money at all sir said the leprechaun none of your lies roared sean tell the truth now or it'll be worse for you i haven't got any money said the leprechaun for mehog nekmuraku of the hill stole our crock a while back and he buried it under a thorn bush i can bring you to the place if you don't believe me very good said sean come on with me now and i'll crouch you if you as much as wriggle do you mind me what would i wriggle for said the leprechaun sure i like being with you hereupon the sergeant roared at the top of his voice attention said he and the men leaped to position like automata what is it you're going to do with your prisoner sean said he sarcastically don't you think we've had enough tramping of these roads for one night now bring up that leprechaun to the barracks or it'll be worse for you do you hear me talking to you but the gold sergeant said sean sulkily if there's any gold it'll be a treasure trove and belong to the crown what kind of a constable are you at all sean mind what you're about now my man and no back answers step along there bring the murderer up at once whichever of you has him there came a gasp from the darkness oh 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 said a voice of horror what's wrong with you said the sergeant are you hurted the prisoner he gasped he he's got away got away and the sergeant's voice was a blare of fury while we were looking at the leprechaun said the voice of woe i must have forgotten about the other one i i, I haven't got him you gum gritted the sergeant it is my prisoner that's gone said sean in a deep voice he leaped forward with a curse and smote his negligent comrade so terrible a blow in the face that the man went flying backwards and the thud of his head on the road could have been heard anywhere get up said sean get up till i give you another one that'll do said the sergeant we'll go home we're the laughing-stock of the world i'll pay you out for this some time every damn man of you bring that leprechaun along with you and quick march oh said sean in a strangled tone 
what is it now said the sergeant testily nothing replied jean what did you say oh for then you blockhead it's the leprechaun sergeant said jean in a whisper he's got away when i was hitting the man there i forgot all about the leprechaun he must have run into the hedge oh sergeant dear don't say anything to me now quick march said the sergeant and the four men moved on through the darkness in silence which was only skin deep End of chapter 14